Um, I'm so excited. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Everyday Woman Speaks, where we discuss faith, love, identity, and foolery. I am Margaret Smith-Williams, your creator and the host, and I'm grateful to everyone that listened, supported, shared, and sent words of encouragement for the very first introductory episode. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. As I said, I'm just out here trying to be obedient to the Lord and to know that people are being encouraged even by the first introductory episode makes me so happy. So again, thank you. Uh, My desire is to be obedient to the Lord and be as consistent with these episodes until God says otherwise. So with that said, let's get into the second episode. Okay, so as I stated in the introductory episode, um, and I'll restate again just for those who are joining me for the first time, I am a mommy and most of my world does revolve around being a mommy. That's just how it goes. But sometimes being a mommy is, well, a bit much. Let me explain. About two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, my mom came into town to watch my kids while my husband and I were went to a wedding in Virginia. Yes, I did say my kids. Most moms say my kids, but they really mean our kids, unless their kids use something bad or their kids aggravate them and then it's their husband's kids. But anyway, my mom came into town to watch the kids. Uh, and she said that while we were away, the kids were perfect. Um, no arguing, no complaining. Like literally she said they were the best children ever. And I was like, okay, great. They didn't give my mom any problems. That's absolutely wonderful. However, the day we returned home, um, my mom happens to still be in town and we pick up our kids from school and immediately after, Hey mommy, daddy, I miss you. I miss you. I love you. Did you have fun? We did this with Nana. We did that. The arguing between the two of them begins. They argue about everything. Who touched me while we're sitting in the car? Who's on my side of the car? Who's breathing my air? Who passed their arm across the armrest? Then we go to Target and then they're arguing about who's sitting on this side of the cart. You know, the the cart that allows you to push your kids at the front. First of all, my kids are probably too big to be in the cart, but sometimes it just makes it easier as a mom just put everybody in the cart. Everybody sit down. Don't ask for nothing. Don't touch nothing. Let me just push you in the cart so I can enjoy my time at Target. Uh, so we're at Target and they're arguing about who sat on the left side the first time, who sat on the right side. I don't want pizza. Can I have Starbucks? I don't want just a regular Starbucks drink. I want the mystery beverage um, drink. Mommy, let me hold your phone. Just a whole bunch of just nonsense. Then we get home. And it's homework time. I don't want to do homework. The homework is hard. How many more days do we have for school? I did this the last time. Just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Unnecessary aggravation. Literally for about two hours straight. So my mom and Lady Eloise, as my friends call her. Eloise is my mom's name. Let me give you just a background information on my mom before I go into the story. My mom is the best mommy ever. And I know that's my mom. Most people say that about their moms, but she really is. She is one of those Holy Ghost fills, fire baptized, praying in tongues in her sleep saved mommies. Um, like peanut oil, whatever oil we got in the house, all over your head while you sleep, mommy. Praying in tongues really loud at the top of the ceiling at three o'clock in the morning. That's my mama. But her salvation, though, at a school of hard knocks, she will knock you upside your head if you step to your ki- her kids or her family. And my mom is not hesitant to tell people what she feels and not blink, break a sweat, or miss a beat. That's my mama. She's like the perfect blend of extremely extremely firm and loving. Uh, she doesn't play any games. 
none whatsoever. So my mom was watching my kids as they were going back and forth, arguing about everything, complaining, whining, doing everything they did not do while she was here. So Eloise was like, okay, she just, she just stopped them. And she said enough. And she asked them to cut it out. And she was saying, you guys were perfect angels when your mom was gone. I didn't have to call you once or twice, but when, when your mom gets back home, you guys start acting like wild children. And my mom told my kids, she may be your mom, but she's my daughter and I'm not going to let you guys mistreat her. So my mom's not saying it as nice as I'm saying it. Like her voice is elevated and she's got that stern mom voice. Nana, sweet Nana has pushed to the side and mommy has stood up and raised her voice. And my kids were sitting at the table with their eyes really, really wide because this was a Sergeant Nana had appeared and they had not seen this side of her. So my mom continued to tell them, she was just like, why does your mom have to tell you things more than once? Why does she have to keep telling you guys to stop fighting, stop arguing? You got along just fine when your mom wasn't here, but now she's back and you want to aggravate my daughter. (laughs) My daughter, that was, I love that. That was a great part. And she told them basically she's not having it. Um, and my kids are just staring at the table, looking at each other, and you can see the water in their eyes just out of, oh my gosh, Nana is upset. and She's mad at us. So my mom continues and she says, you know, you guys have a good mommy. I don't know a better mother. She sacrifices so much for you all. And she gives you the best of everything she has. And she calls my kids by name and she says, Jordan and Ayana, look at me. So Jordan and Ayana look up at my mom. And their eyes are really big and you can see the tears like just coming down in the corner. It wasn't funny, but I was cracking up on the inside. And so my mom says to Jordan Ayana, she says, you better appreciate my daughter. You better not give her a hard time. If you don't, I'm going to come pick you up and you're going to come stay with me. And at that point, the tears just turned into like full blown crying. Just drama. Oh my gosh. It's so drama. So much drama. Jordan's crying and anybody knows Jordan Jordan knows that Jordan cries like super loud he's five Nayana's crying she's so emotional it's just a whole bunch of crying at the table and I'm just on the sidelines just cracking up because I'm like what this is my mom is giving me vindicating me this is amazing and so the kids start crying and my mom just keeps asking them do you understand what I'm saying and they're like yes Nana and she tells them to finish their homework and she walks off down the hall. So my mom's type, one of those moms that even though she may finish saying what she has to say to the kids at the table, she's still going to say her side comments as she's walking away. So she's mumbling under her breath as she's walking down the hall. And she says to herself, y'all going to appreciate my daughter for a mom. Y'all don't appreciate my daughter for a mom. Y'all need baby for a mom. That's what y'all need. Y'all need baby. I was cracking up. That was, that was too funny. So fast forward two days later, my mom had gone home and Ayana is sitting at the kitchen table with me. And she says, mommy, who is baby? I was like, baby? I don't know, no baby. What is she talking about? She said, mommy, you remember Nana said that we need baby as a mommy, but I don't know who baby is. (laughs) I burst out laughing again. I realized in that moment that my daughter had never seen the 90s movie, Baby's Kids. And she don't even know nobody that is named Bebe. So I responded, Ayana Bebe is an irresponsible mother who doesn't look after her kids. She left them home for somebody else to watch. And she just pretty much lets them do whatever they want. Ayana, my my sweet Ayana, her eyes got really, really big. Just as they did when my mom was recommending her and Jordan. And she said, are you going to turn into Bebe? I laughed out loud again. 
I responded, no, Ayana, I'm not going to turn into Bebe, but I do expect you guys to be responsible, to take care of one another, and to follow my instructions, or else I'm calling Nana. You know, I had to add that in. I want to push pause for a second. For my listeners who are not familiar with the terminology of Bebe or the movie Bebe's Kids, which it was derived, Bebe's Kids was an animated movie that came out in 1992. It wasn't the greatest movie, but if you're a black kid growing up in the 90s, you've most likely seen it. So in the movie, the character Robin Harris meets this girl named Jamika at a funeral. They hit it off. Robin in turn decides to take Jamika and her son to an amusement park the next day. But when Robin arrives to pick up Jamika and her son the next day, he finds out that there will be three more children joining them. The kids belong to Jamika's friend, Bebe. To get more details, just see the movie. This warning, this film is not like an Academy Award film. So just, just enjoy, just enjoy it. Press play. So me telling Ayana that I was not going to turn into Bebe was the politically politically correct response to my daughter. But if I was having this conversation with my girls, I would say, yes, girl, I feel like turning into Bebe. The reality is, is that sometimes I wish I could be Bebe. Not Bebe that leaves her kids alone and hungry and for her friends to care for a baby. Not that baby. I want the baby that has that carefree life baby. That baby. Without the huge responsibility of knowing that I have two kids whose life depend on my ability to stay close to the Lord and make responsible decisions. Okay, so don't misinterpret what I'm saying. I don't want to be baby. I don't want to be hurt. I have moments when I like baby's freedom. And I'm sure any responsible mom can definitely relate. So some days I'd just much rather splurge on two bundles of grade 10, 14 inch straight weave and a silk closure and have my girl Jessie make me a custom wig. The baby in me would say, mm, you deserve that $600 wig. Weave and wig, uh, by the way, Jessie is a friend of mine and the wig making queen. Um, shout out to GLT Hair Beauty. But Bebe would tell me, girl, you work hard, you take care of your kids, you take care of your husband. You deserve that $600 weave and wig. And Bebe sounds really good sometimes, especially if I've been scrolling through YouTube and Instagram and seeing all these fabulous hair hairstyles. And I'm like, oh, I'm in this, I'm in this mood for some weave, like weave that you could just, you know, swing your head and make you feel like another person. But the responsible Margaret side of me says, now you know. Jordan's therapy fee will be due soon. Ayana needs a ukulele, new tap shoes, and her hair done. And of course, the responsible Margaret usually wins. There are other days when I want to buy everything in Target in the home clearance section, even though I literally have no space, no color scheme, nothing for everything in the clearance section in my house. The baby in me says, girl, you know, you just buy it. This gives you a reason to redecorate your house. You can change the color scheme of your living room. You need a new comforter. You, you, need, you can make space. If there is no space, you can make space because you deserve it. That's what Bebe says. But the responsible market says, not now. The kid's tuition is more important. Save that money because the kids are going to need something. And yes, the responsible market only took one item instead of the 20 from the clearance section and proceeded to the grocery aisle to buy snacks for my kids' lunch bags for next week. Last week, I was so exhausted, like really, 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 really tired, and my body wasn't cooperating with me at all. And Ayana had this end-of-the-year program that they have every year at her school called the Night of the Arts. And she would be playing the ukulele. 
the same ukulele that she practices in the morning on the way home from school and before she goes to bed. This is the same ukulele that she learned how to play on her own in a matter of one hour. She gets that musical genius from my husband, by the way. This is the same ukulele that she plays some Hawaiian song called Lava, and then she goes to play John Legend's All of Me. I was over ukulele. I didn't want to hear another ukulele, and I surely didn't want to hear 50 other kids play ukulele as well. The baby in me was telling me that three, I've been to three nights of the arts thus far, that I wouldn't be missing anything. That I should stay home, get into bed, tell Ayana I didn't feel good. That I should send Ayana with my friend Jalene. And I've been to every school event thus far and Ayana wouldn't miss one night of the arts. Bebe was saying, girl, get your rest. Your kids will be all right. But the responsible Margaret and me was saying, you have to go. Like, Jelani's working. Get yourself some coffee. Charge your phone. Put on some makeup. Do your hair. And get to the night of the arts. It doesn't matter if you've been to the last three. This is the fourth one. And you can't miss it. Like, this is this is your child's fourth grade night of the arts. And you have to be there. I want us to go to bed so bad. But Ayana had night of the arts. And, of course, the responsible Margaret won. I got myself together, and I took Kanyana to the Night of the Arts. So as you can see, on most days, the responsible Margaret usually outweighs carefree, baby. But why, though? I had to really think about that. It's not because I'm this perfect mom or perfect anything. And it's not even because motherhood is always roses. I had to sit down and really think about why. Why am I not a baby? Or why don't I choose baby's lifestyle as a mom? So this is what I came up with. I came up with five reasons why responsible Margaret outweighs carefree baby. Here we go. The reason number one, the grace of God. I know us church people use the term of the grace of God so casually, but God's grace is something so real. Second Corinthians 12, nine says, but my grace is all you need. Only when you are weak can anything and everything be done completely in my power. So I will gladly boast about my weaknesses, that Christ's power can stay within me. There have been moments, and I'm sure that most moms can relate, and every mom can relate. There have been many moments where I've been really tired or out of answers or out of strength, out of patience, out of wisdom, out of everything. And... I just have to be like, Lord, I need your help. I need your strength. I need your grace. And the grace of God kicks in and allows me to be in that moment, allows me to make the best decision as a mother in that moment, allows me to be a little bit more patient with my kids. It allows me to listen a little bit more. It allows me to put aside my feelings and be present for my children. That grace of God shows up and it overtakes every ounce of baby. And allows me to be the responsible Margaret, the responsible mom that my children need. I know we're talking about being a mom, but that grace of God filters into every aspect of my life. Um, being a wife, being an, one who is an employee, one who serves in ministry, a person in general. That grace is something real. Like I was sharing with my friends the other day that I was listening to the Mississippi Mass Choir's version of Your Grace and Mercy. And I remember my mom 
playing it often and my grandmother singing it often and the choir in my church singing that song so often. It says, your grace and mercy brought me through. I'm living this moment because of you. I just want to thank you and praise you to your grace and mercy. And I listened to that song last week and I cried, like cry, 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 cry like a baby. Because you realize that those things that you listen to as a kid and those songs that your parents sing, your mom or your grandmother sang, they didn't mean anything to you. As a kid, I just thought they kept singing the same songs over and over again. But as an adult who understands the power of God's amazing grace, you realize that you can't do anything without it. Going back to the scripture, it says that when you are weak, everything can be done completely in God's power. And what that says to me is that sometimes we have to get to moments in being a mom or just in life general where you can't do nothing else, where you're weak and you're at your wit's end. And at that point, God can step in and he can be God and his power can work through you. And God's power and God's grace is what's, it is what keeps baby at bay. Without it, baby. Mm. Baby would be present every day. Okay. Point two as to why responsible Margaret outweighs carefree baby. My mama, I will continually say this. I would not be half the woman I am today without my mom. Eloise taught me what it means to be responsible, what a spirit led parent looks like. Her sacrifices, her decisions, her submission to God's will, not only for her life, but for the lives of her kids, my sister and I. That proved to me, that showed me what what a a mother was supposed to look like. You know, I can't imagine, you know, you don't really understand the sacrifices that your parents make until you grow older and possibly and you become a parent and you see all that it takes to become a, a responsible parent. And I am so grateful for my mom. I'm so grateful for the boundaries that she set. I'm so grateful for the values that she instilled. I'm grateful for her being a woman in the word. I'm grateful for the prayers and the slinging oil all over my house. I'm grateful for waking up in the middle of the night and hearing her pray in tongues at the top of her lungs like none of us asleep. Those things set the precursor for me. They set the example for me on what it means like to be a mom that your children need and also a mom that pleases God. She helps me not to be baby all day, every day. Reason number three, My girls, my girls help me to be responsible, Margaret. And I talk a lot about my sister and my friends because they literally saved my life. If I didn't have my sister or the circle of friends where I could be transparent with about my journey as a mother, wife, or as a woman, I would not make it. That's the truth. Um, They lift me up. They rebuke me. They pray for me. They enable my foolery. They respond um, to my crazy text messages. They allow me to vent and transparently be me without mom shaming me. I said they respond to my text messages, but I have some really crazy text messages. They respond to my ridiculously random text messages about running away to a deserted island, about what I would do if I won the lotto, about how I want to shave my hair bald, how I want weave some days, how I'm going to drop my kids at their do- their doorstep. They keep Bebe in check. And coincidentally, my devotional this morning was entitled Life-Given Friendships. In summary, the devotional talked about how God designed us for friendship, and it spoke about nurturing the God-given friendships you have. The scripture it referenced was Ecclesiastes 4.2, and it says that our standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to conquer. Three is even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. My girls, they keep Bebe in line. They 
encourage responsible Margaret to take it one day at a time. And I believe that most moms out there will say that their circle of friends is what keeps them sane. It, it also is what encourages them to be better and to, to do better and to try again the next day. They are such a, a great part of me. And they make this motherhood journey. They make this motherhood journey a joy to know that there's someone else alongside of you experiencing the same things as you are, striving for the same things as you are, just makes life so much better. Number four, the reason why Responsible Margaret outweighs Carefree Baby is a criminal record. I ain't trying to be on nobody's news or in nobody's jail, period. Spoiler alert, if you have not seen the movie, Bebe should have been had child services at her door. And I'm just not trying to go that route. So Responsible Margaret outweighs Carefree Bebe. Reason number five, Responsible Margaret usually outweighs Carefree Bebe because I really love my kids and I don't want to screw them up. Despite the challenges that I've faced thus far and the countless times I repeat the same instructions every day, I really do love Ayana and Jordan. They are everything. They are the best part of me. They are the best part of my husband. And being their mom is indescribable and will continue to transform me in ways that no other role in my life can. I want my kids to have the best foundation and the best opportunities that will help them to become everything that God has created them to be. Simply put, that won't happen if I allow the spirit of baby to win. My final reason, number six, the final reason why Carefree Baby cannot win is because I'm really trying to make it into heaven. And I have to give an account for everything I do pertaining to my kids. Psalms 127.3 says, children are a gift from the Lord, a reward from a mother's womb. My kids, again, I'm saying my kids again. Although I call them my kids, they really belong to God. One day I'll tell the story about how um, my children came here. And, and I'll even give you a brief synopsis right now. Um, most people just decide, hey, I'm just going to have some kids. This is what we're going to do. Or sometimes kids just happen. And in this case, on both occasions, the Lord gave me specific instructions that it was time for me to have children. Um, and neither time I felt like was the right time. But those were the instructions that God gave me and I was obedient to them. And yes, we have Ayana and Jordan. But going back to the story, God blessed Jelani and I with my, our children to be stewards, protectors, to be their teachers, to, to be their investors. Um, it is our responsibility to provide them with everything earthly possible to make an impact, a godly, a responsible impact in this world. I only get one shot at being a mom, just one. There is no rewind button in motherhood. I can't push play and pause when I want to. So I have to be intentional and I have to make every day count. Does that mean that I'm going to be perfect and I'm going to make all the right choices concerning my kids? Absolutely not. There is no humanly way possible to be a perfect mom, even though that pressure sometimes hangs over my head that I have to be perfect, that I have to do things right for my kids. But God doesn't require me to be perfect. God is expecting me to follow his instructions concerning them, to make the best decisions possible, and to be an outstanding example for my kids. And he expects that even in the way I communicate with them. I respond to them, my attitude, my display of patience and grace, my presence in their lives. God expects responsible Margaret to show up. And is that easy? Nah, not always easy. But is it worth it? Definitely. I need to make it into heaven.
And I need God to say, well done, as it relates to me parenting my children. And listening to Bebe, she not going to help me get there. That's all I have for today. I, I really hope you enjoy this, this Bebe transparency that I had today. To all of you out there, the Everyday Woman Speaks podcast is now available on iTunes, Spotify, and Google. Yes, we made it. We made it. So please subscribe, like, share, and review. For additional questions or information, you can feel free to email me at theeverydaywomanspeaks at gmail.com. Or you can also follow me on Instagram as well. Thank you again for listening to the Everyday Woman Speaks. Until next time, my prayer is that you live right, love right, and that you'll be right. I need you.